Well, hello again. This is Pod People's podcast for people who make podcasts. I'm Rachel King, the CEO here at Pod People, and this week we're bringing you some tax and contract advice courtesy of our September event, Put Your House in Order. You know when you're jumping into something and you aren't really sure if you know all the rules? That's kind of how freelancing feels. So we spoke with lawyer Sam Mazio and CPA Lupe Salmeron, For our event, Put Your House in Order in early September 2021, we wanted to know how you really protect yourself in a legal contract and how to handle your taxes as a freelancer or a small business. First, we spoke with Sam, a wonderful lawyer who's worked with me on a couple different companies now, most importantly, helping me set them up in the right way. Let's get to it. This is all about keeping your house in order, putting your house in order and starting a business. And I think one of the things that is very confused when I speak to clients is really going to be what a business is. A lot of people think that in order to start a business, you have to have an LLC or a corporation. And I will get to that in a second. It's a good thing to have, but you can start doing business as what's called a sole proprietor or a general partnership. The only difference between those two is that a sole proprietor is one person a general partnership is two or more people. But I want to lay out a framework that I call the three lines of defense. Now, the three lines of defense are designed to defend against you being personally liable for any of the business that you're doing. So, you know, a really easy example that I always like to use is if you have an axe throwing business, that's got some risk associated with it, probably a little bit more so than anything that we normally do online or podcasts or even maybe legal services because they're axes. So, In that scenario, you want to make sure that you're protecting your personal bank account, car, home, whatever it is that you personally have, and that you want to keep separate from the business. And so the way that you can go about doing that is going to be these lines of defense. Now, these lines of defense, I have them in order of sort of how they would be triggered if there were some liability or dispute or disagreement that came up. So the first one is going to be a contract. You definitely want to have a contract in place with anyone that you're exchanging services, money, goods, whatever it may be. So if you hire someone to design the brand for your business, they should provide you a contract, a creative services contract. And if they don't, you need to give them an independent contractor contract. If you're going to let anybody use your intellectual property, so photographs, podcasts, soundtracks, if you're going to do film, anything that is intellectual property and you want to let someone else use it, you should have a license in place. Similarly, and super, super important, you should have a license to use anyone else's work. Always, always, always. And you know, another one that I think is important to mention, confidentiality agreements, sometimes called non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. Those are super important in the early stages of talking to anyone about the work you're doing or what you're doing with your business. So those are just a few examples, lots of contracts out there. We didn't talk about shipping and we didn't talk about influencers and things like that. But contracts, very important first line of defense. The reason for that is that not only is it going to be the first place you look if there is a disagreement or a dispute, but it's also the place where you lay out in clarity what the relationship is. Because I can say one thing, I'll say ABC and you'll hear X, Y, and Z. And if you don't have a contract that spells out the ABC clearly and everyone agrees that it's ABC, you're going to end up in a back and forth where 
there's really no conclusion to the back and forth argument because there's no written document to look at to clarify it. Now, I say all of that, and the next thing I'm going to say is that a lot of the time people are going to say, yeah, whatever, you breached that contract, or I don't care about the contract. And so that first line of defense is out the window. What happens then next, look at your insurance. Your insurance is something that you should have. It's going to be specific to your industry and the type of work you do. As an attorney, I have to have malpractice insurance as well as various other types of insurance. But that's going to be sort of the secondary thing that you want to have in place because hopefully your policy covers you. And you know if that contract's out the window, insurance steps in, pays out, it's handled. So last one, we talked about contracts, insurance. And then the last one is that LLC or that corporation. You can have benefit corporations and some other versions in different states. I have a professional corporation. And that last line of defense, that business entity, really is kind of like the last line of defense in a lot of ways because it's the backstop. And assuming that you're doing everything right with that, which Lupe is going to talk about some of it, you know, keeping bank accounts separate, paying your taxes, making your filings, having separate assets from your personal and the business, all of those things, keeping the business separate, assuming you're doing that then that business entity should protect you from liability just like a contract, just like insurance, and just like some other things that I do want to mention pretty quickly here. And to highlight why I started with sole proprietors and general partnerships, those don't provide that protection. Sole proprietor, general partnership, no liability protection for your personal assets and bank account, car, all that kind of stuff. In order to have that, you have to take the step to become an LLC or a corporation which of course, more expensive, annual filings, taxes, things like that. The way that you can look at that though, is that's the trade-off. You pay taxes, you do these filings, you have this maintenance you need to do. And in order to have those protections, those are the things that are required to protect yourself. Now, a couple other things that I think are important to mention as far as protecting yourself, trademarks and copyright, super important as well, especially to this type of community that does creative work. Trademarks are going to be your name. It could be a product name. It could be a podcast name. It could be a series of books. Similarly, same deal with the copyrights. If you're using someone's photos without their permission, you could get hit with some kind of copyright infringement or unauthorized use claim. And so all of those things add up to protect yourself. And so it's always going to be a get as many of them as you can. You know, there's ROI on these things and there's also a cost benefit analysis. So it's not always going to be let's go just do them all at once. And then I think one of the other things that is helpful is talking to a CPA about that business entity, because a lot of the time it might be actually worth it to do the business entity because the taxes are going to be so beneficial that it's almost a wash or you come out on top. And so that's another thing that I always tell people, if conversation 1A is with me, 1B should be with a CPA to confirm whatever I said, because I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to taxes, but I am not a CPA and I'm not a tax lawyer. And then I think the last thing that I would say is just to kind of reiterate, if you're making enough money to justify the investment of a thousand bucks or, you know, sometimes maybe up to 2000 bucks for that LLC or that corporation, if that's not a large expense in the grand scheme of your revenue, do it. It'll be worth it. You're going to protect yourself. And if you ever want to take on other owners, if you ever want to take on investors, if you ever want to give your staff ownership, you can't do that without those. Sam is full of legal wisdom, but let's narrow down the key takeaways. Perhaps most importantly, he said you can have three lines of defense to keep you from being personally liable for anything related to your business. 
Number one, have a contract in place for any services, goods, or money exchanged. Number two, get industry-specific insurance. And number three, work under a business entity like an LLC or corporation that will protect your personal assets better than a sole proprietorship or partnership. And of course, just as important, don't use people's content without their permission. You wouldn't want your content used without your permission, right? So don't do it to someone else. There are legal and often fiscal consequences to not following this golden rule. Finally, Sam suggests if you're making enough money to easily become an LLC or a corporation, just go for it. It'll make things way easier for you in the long run. And now Lupe Salmeron, a licensed CPA in the state of California, will tell you why. Freelancing. Here's how to prepare for tax season all year long. Whether you're making extra cash on the side or a full-time freelancer, here's what you need to do to avoid surprises come tax season. What you need to do first is open a separate checking account and a credit card if you can for your business. If you haven't already done so, open a new account so you'll solely use this only for income and expenses related to your freelance or your contract or your self-employment work. This will help you separate business spending from personal spending. Also, set up another account for your taxes. Start setting something aside. I always recommend somewhere along the line between 25 to 30 percent. It will vary depending on your tax bracket, but it's always helpful to have a designated account that is specific just for your tax payments so you aren't tempted to use those funds for other reasons. Put that money aside. Try to forget about it. Forget that it even exists. The next thing I would recommend is to create a simple recording and tracking system, whatever that may be, whether it's an Excel sheet, whether it's QuickBooks, whatever it is that works for you, make sure that you're using something to track your income and expenses. Something where, you know, you have a place to store receipts, bank statements, business records, even better if you can track your business related miles, sending invoices to clients. It's not only going to help keep you stay organized, but it will help you save time and anxiety come tax season. Like I mentioned, QuickBooks Online Self-Employed. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you checking it out. The last thing that I would recommend you do is to seek out a professional. Depending on your specific business needs, whether you run a small business and you have employees, it may be beneficial to you to hire someone to track your income and expenses throughout the year and prepare your annual returns or help you plan your quarterly tax payments. As a business owner, you can't always do everything on your own. And sometimes outsourcing and delegating are the keys to keeping your business running smoothly and efficiently. So on a monthly basis, this is what you should do. You should keep your receipts. Keeping digital copies or paper copies of invoices, this will help you better track your income and spending, categorize your deductions when you prepare your return at the end of the year, and support claims just in case you ever get audited. The next thing would be track your income and expenses. So if you haven't decided to outsource or delegate your bookkeeping, take time each month to go through your receipts, go through your finances, match your invoices and your payments and transactions, categorize everything, file away your records using systems that you've created and reconcile your accounts so you can accurately estimate your quarterly taxes. The more often you do this, the less likely you'll be able to forget big purchases or mix up paperwork. On a quarterly basis, Touch base with your CPA. Tax planning is an ongoing process, especially if you're self-employed. Checking in quarterly to ensure that you make accurate estimated payments is crucial. 
You should also talk to your CPA before you make significant financial decisions or big purchases at the end of the year, just to make sure and understand that there aren't any tax law changes that may be impacting you or your business. Make sure you make your quarterly tax payments. All earners must pay taxes throughout the year, not just at the end, you know, when you file your return come April 15th. Employees have taxes withheld when they get paid on their paychecks, but freelancers and other self-employed individuals have to do this themselves on a quarterly basis. You may be penalized if you don't have enough payments throughout the year. So in general, make sure that you have those four payments. They're due on April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th of the following year. If you actually have a full-time job, what you can do is maximize your withholdings on your pay stub. That's another option that a lot of people decide to do. The rule of thumb, I always tell people 25%, how much to withhold, but that's federal, right? If you live in a state like California or New York, where you're heavily taxed, I would say it's an additional, maybe give it another 5%, but that's just a ballpark. Uh, it all depends really on your tax bracket. It's always okay to over overpay, to send a little bit more, because when you file your tax return at the end of the year, you will get that money back. It's not like you lose it. They will give you a refund back if you send too much. The bad part is you don't want to send too little and then get hit with the penalty. And finally, on an annual basis, file your tax return on April 15th, or if you do with the extension, on October 15th. You will need to provide to your tax preparer your yearly profit and loss statement. This is a summary report that was made up of all the income and expenses of your business throughout the year. If you were diligent enough and completing all your tasks throughout the year, the tax season should be a breeze to you. So connect with your tax preparer in advance and way before the deadline. Depending on your tax situation, if you're a sole proprietor, single member LLC, corporation, taxes will be different. Payments will be different. Compliance will be different. Accounting will be different. So make sure you connect with your tax preparer so that you know what type of legal entity you are going to be filing your business as. I've heard people say, once you start making 80,000, you should incorporate it. It's not really a number. It's more a mindset, like it's investing enough to protect your personal assets. So if you have personal assets that you feel could be at, you know, at stake or you should have some risks there, I recommend, of course, incorporating at least at a, a single member LLC level because you will be able to protect your personal assets. So it's more about, it's a give and take than really the number. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Prepare for tax season by keeping a record of everything. And please, I am speaking from experience, be sure to open a separate checking account and credit card for your business. It will make your life so much easier. Taxes and accounting are different based on what type of legal entity you will be filing your business under. So you want to have a CPA who can support you in planning your quarterly tax payments and at tax time. We can't thank Sam and Lupe enough for dropping their knowledge on this very important subject. If freelancing were easy, everyone would do it. But with a little help from our friends and experts, we can make sure that our houses are in order. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, we're chatting with Shira Atkins, co-founder and CMO of Wonder Media Network, about bootstrapping a podcast network from the ground up, when and how to pitch a network, and why not every show launch is a success and that's okay. 
we're still learning. We launch shows all the time that are really beautiful, but aren't commercially successful. And it's really sad, but sort of how it goes. <laughs> the Pod People team is Rachel King, Anne Fuse, Matt Sav, Andrea Perez. Ashton Carter, Isabel Genius, Amy Machado, Alex McManus, Jasmine Hammond, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Stephanie Bashara, Madison Lesby, Brian Rivers, and Andy Bosnack. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed engineered by Andy Bosnack. All links mentioned in this episode are, of course, listed in our show notes. Catch us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our very cool new private discussion group for our community members, the Pod People Circle. To access the Pod People Circle, hear about jobs, and attend our events, join the Pod People community. Just go to podpeople.com slash join to become a community member for free. You can also send us an email at hello at podpeople.com. We love getting your emails, so feel free to reach out. See you soon. This is kind of an antiquated thing. This is how all laws work. They come from some crazy thing in the past.